a simple message. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. It is a very common scripture and a very well-known scripture that is that has been read and, and many of us know it. Many of us know it. Genesis 12, and I will be reading for you verses 1 through 4. And it reads thusly. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now this is the point right here. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Verse 4. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Lord, have your way. Move by your spirit. Prepare every heart, mind, and soul for your word. Because we pray that your word will come forth, that it will be reflective, that it will be changing, that it will be healing, that it will be delivering. But above all, Father God, that it will set all of us free and let your grace be sufficient for everything that occurs in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, New Providence, this, this morning, I want to... I want to talk to you this morning about the power of choice. The power of choice. And, and y'all remember the last time that I preached to you, I talked to you about the pursuit of happiness or success. You remember that, don't you? And, and I told you that pursuing happiness or success was what? It was uncomfortable, that it was risky, and it was about trusting God. And so, my brothers and sisters, on this Sunday morning, I want you to understand that the truth of the matter is this, is that the pursuit of happiness or success or the pursuit of anything in life that has meaning or purpose begins with God, our creator. But the activation of the pursuit, the journey to our pursuit, and reaching what we pursue is powered by choice. And so you see, my brothers and sisters, choice is a powerful thing in our lives. And, and if you look at our scripture, you can realize that God calls whom he pleases. So in our text, it's Abraham was called by God. You know, the Lord said to Abraham, that's the calling. He said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And, and so Abraham, my brothers and sisters, was born and raised in Ur of the Chaldees, which is in what we call modern-day Iraq. 
And it's interesting because Abraham had no knowledge of the true God through his parents. Because you see, Joshua 24 and 2 tells us that Abraham grew up in a house with a father who worshiped idols. But God called him from his home in Ur of the Chaldees and his idol worshiping family. So you see, Abram had no knowledge of the true God or his plans to choose a people for himself. Nor did he know that the Savior of the world would be amongst his offspring. Help me somebody. But God called him anyhow. He may not have been well thought of by others. He may not have been from a prominent Jewish family. He may not have been our choice, but God called his choice. <laughs> so God called his choice because God made him. God knows him, and it is God who set him apart for what he has called him to do. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God calls whom he pleases. Because any one of us can be called by God to do his work and fulfill his purpose, whether Jew or Gentile, whether saved or unsaved. But when God calls, we can be assured that God provides with the calling. So God calls whom he pleases. But God also provides with the calling. Look at the text. In verse 2, God says, after he calls him, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So look, my brothers and sisters, God calls Abraham. And when he calls Abram, I mean Abram, he promises Abram that he would make him a great nation. He promised him he would make his name great. He promised him he will bless those who blessed him. He promised him that all the people on earth will be blessed through him. Don't miss this, though. But God, listen to me, never tells Abram that he had to go. God does not force Abram to do anything. He didn't bend his arm to get him to go. God just calls Abram with an I will. Oh boy. <laughs> he just calls him with an I will. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those whoever curses you. So God just calls Abram with an I will. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God never calls me to do anything without an I will. Is there anybody in the house online that knows and agree with me that when God calls, he always sends an I will? 
And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that every time God calls my name to do something that he provides and I will. And so, and so I know I'm, I'm going to move on. But, but, but God understands that we all face choices, don't we? How, how many of y'all know every day that you get up that you make choices to get through a day? And so choices drives our day. So God calls us each and every day to do his will. Now, now I know that's contrary to what some of you all think. Some of y'all think that y'all call God to do your will. All right. But actually, God calls you to do his will. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here that understands that when God calls you, he's not calling you for you to do your will. He is calling you for you to do his will. His will. His will. I could no, I ain't gonna, I'm not even going there. But but let, let, let me let me talk to you a little bit more. So 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 we all face choices, and God calls us each and every day to do his will. But in the midst of him calling us to do our will, just like Abrams, he does not force us to do anything. Because of free will, we are free to choose whether to say yes to his will or yes to his way. And you know what? Every day I deal with people, and, and y'all know what I do. At least some of y'all think you know what I do. Y'all know what my title is, but you really don't know what I do. <laughs> I delve into the deepest parts of the darkest parts of this society. I know the ills of what families fail to do what parents fail to do, and what the church fails to do. I go into places that you can never imagine. I see photographs that you could never imagine. I see behavior that you, you only see some of on the news. I see all of it. And so I deal with choices every day. And the crazy thing is this, some of you all deal with choices just about your own life, and you struggle with those choices. I deal with struggles not only about my own life, but also the lives of others. We have to make decisions about life or death in what I do. Some of you would faint having to help somebody make a choice about life or death in what I do. And so the interesting thing about it, though, is that what I do, that although God calls whom he pleases, and although God provides with the calling, I also understand and come across individuals every day where I find that choice has the power to change lives. Now, now, in our text, it says in verse 4, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. Now, 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 now understand, this was a process. Y'all know how that goes. Y'all get the call, and is he really calling me? Y'all know. 
Um, I need to pray about that. <laughs> Isn't that what we do? God calls. You said it's God, but then you got to pray about it. Now, it don't make no sense to me. You praying to the same God who called you. <laughs> it sounds like to me, all you do is, all you have to do is decide yes to his will or yes to his way. What's there to pray about when God is speaking to you? Is what I call excusatory, excusatory malfunction. That's what I call it. You're just making an excuse. And you want people to think you're holy whenever the holy God has already called you to do something. And so I can imagine that Abram went through this great analysis in his mind that, look, I just, I'm from Chaldea, and you asking me to go somewhere, and I don't even know where I'm going. Now, 99% of us would have dropped out right there. 99, no, 99.99% of us would have dropped out right there because all of us want to be comfortable in knowing where we're going. But the devil is a liar because faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. And what? The evidence of what? Things not seen. So how are you going to make a decision if you know where you're going, if God called you to do it? If you know where you're going and you know how you're going to get there, it's not faith. It's just following directions. Choices. So Abram had to make a choice. Whether to trust God's promises or trust his own instinct. To trust God's promises or trust his own rationale. To trust God's promises or trust his own knowledge. Or trust God's promises or trust in his own understanding and say no and stay. But Abram leaned not unto his own understanding. That, that, that's good right there, right? And he did not let the fear of the unknown stop him from saying yes to God's calling in his life. And Abram said yes to God's call, and he said yes to his will and yes to his way. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews that by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So he left for a place that he did not know, and he became the father of many nations. By faith, he chose to say yes to God's call. And look at what God did. Abraham's choices and God's grace led to Abraham's name being changed to Abraham and Abraham becoming the father of many nations through the savior of the world, Jesus Christ, becoming his offspring. So Abraham's life was changed forever because he made a faith choice. He made the right choice. The choice to follow God and not his own understanding. He trusted God enough to know that God's promises could handle all of his failures. Now that, that right there 
is the big problem for 99.99% of us. Failure is something that we can't even contemplate. And just the thought of failure drives us back into our cocoon of safety. And when it drives us back into our cocoon of safety, it causes us to be removed from the blessings that God has in store for us. I can't tell you how many of us that I talk to or how many that I listen to that whenever a big decision or a choice has to be made, it takes us one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, two months, 12 months, 15 months, seven months. Some of us still dealing with it for 70 years. Well, we still can't choose to say yes to what God has called us to do. Why? Because of the fear of failure. And I don't know about you, but failure has ruined us. The fear of failure has ruined us as a people. Everything we do has always got to be 100% safe. And it's amazing because it's not even guaranteed you're going to get up the next day. But as soon as somebody comes, brings up an idea, or God brings, sends somebody to you with an idea about stretching, the first thing we do, I don't know if we can do that. I don't know, because the people, the people, the people, the people, it's always about the people. It ain't never about God who's greater than the people. All failure is, is a learning tool for the next journey that God's going to call you to do. That's all it is. That's all. But we refuse to accept it because we see failure as being an everlasting part of our life. I can't tell you how many times I've been up and I've been down. I've been on my back. God always gets me up. God moved me into places. Well, I've never been before. Was I scared? Yes, but I went anyhow. And God always took care of me. So all I'm saying, church, is that choice is a powerful thing. As long as you don't let your own understanding and your own knowledge get in the way of it. Because in essence, what you're saying to God is, I hear you, but I trust myself more than I trust you. <laughs> that, that's all you're saying. I mean, that's all, that, that, that is all that you're saying. See, we, y'all are going to preach hard this morning. We're going to teach through this. So, so all you telling God Basically, and I remember I used to say this in Sunday school and everybody would get mad. Basically, you're rejecting God. I don't reject God. Yes, you do. What is sin? It's a rejection of God. That's all it is. That is all that it is. And, but, the, but the interesting thing is, is that God went and got Abram, 
who was raised in a family of idolaters and called him <laughs> to be the father of many nations or to be the backbone of what he was going to do <laughs> with Jesus. Amen. And so, and so my brothers and sisters, the interesting thing about this part of the scripture is that that's good news for us because as descendants of Abraham, we too are able to receive the spiritual blessings that God promised Abraham. Oh, it ought to be some clapping right there. And we are able to receive the promises that God promised Abraham through the person of Jesus Christ. And God is calling us just like he called Abraham. And, but we have to choose to say yes to his will and yes to his way. Because there's power in choice. And as I told you, every day I deal with the lives of people who feel their lives are meaningless for many reasons. But most of their lives are meaningless because of what their family has done to them. Many of them as children were abused emotionally, sexually or physically, abandoned and or neglected. They also feel meaningless because many people that look like you and I and talk like us have rejected them also. I knew y'all weren't going to say amen with that. I knew, I knew, I knew you weren't going to say it. I knew, I knew. Because I hit a nerve with that one. Because some of you all got cousins and nephews and who y'all, and brothers and sisters who say you ain't going to never be no good. Y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Y'all know, and I, and, I, and I can't blame you for being quiet. Um, but, but, but the bottom line is, is that they feel meaningless. And the only time they see God is when they see you. And you are telling them that they ain't worth anything. And as a result, many of them are exhibiting symptoms of their treatment through a life of criminal activity, which is a destructive lifestyle. And when I meet them or represent them, I try to get them to reflect on who they are as human beings. Regardless of how meaningless they feel, or regardless of how bad their family treated them, how bad or regardless of how bad we treat them, I try to get them to reflect on who they are as a human being, made by God, and God has a purpose in their life. And, and then I get them to reflect on how they got to where they are and remind them that the same way they got there is the only way they can get out, and that is by their choices. Just last week, a young man who I was very encouraged by, his life had been buried in criminal activity for many years. And, and, and what happened with me and he in this relationship reminded me of the power of choice. He was jailed and had a history of criminal activity. I was his second lawyer. And through our relationship, we had a discussion about choices. And he was encouraged to try 
Y'all listen to me. He was encouraged to try to make good choices. And good choices that would lead him to eternity, which would also lead him to a better life. And my brothers and sisters, out of our discussion, he chose to try. And because he chose to try, he went from pursuing destructive behavior through criminal activity to pursuing eternal behavior. And he became a manager working legally and making $50,000 a year. So my brothers and sisters, you see his choices changed the trajectory of his life from a downward spiral to a life of meaning and purpose. And one of the things that I learned is this, is that choice is a powerful thing and it is only their choice that can get them out of this lifestyle pattern that leads to destructive behavior. In other words, it's only their choice and God's grace that can change the trajectory of life from a downward spiral toward destruction to a life of meaning and purpose. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Now, some of y'all don't know what that means. What that means is this. If it was good enough for you, it's good enough for him. That's all I'm saying. And so now as I'm about to take my seat, that's the code. Y'all can get ready, okay? (laughs) Now more than ever, we are facing the most difficult and challenging times of our spiritual lives. And many of us are struggling and need to change the downward trajectory of our own spiritual lives. We feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. We feel like our own heart is too much to bear. We feel like everything is backwards. We feel like we are backed in a corner. And every now and then, we may even feel a little depressed. We may even feel a little suicidal, or we may even feel a little anxious. And we feel like our head is sinking underwater. And we feel like our bad day is going to become a bad life. Do I have a witness in here? Anybody willing to admit that sometimes you feel like a bad day is going to become a bad life? But I stopped by New Providence on this Sunday morning to remind some and to tell others that the devil is a liar and there is power in choice. (laughs) So you see, my brothers and sisters, your bad day does not have to become a bad life. But just like Abraham, trust God and make choices trusting his word. Because in his words, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In his words, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. In his word, he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In his word, he says, come to me, all ye who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Do I have a witness in the house? In his word, he says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Do I have a witness in the house? 
All I'm telling you to do is trust God and be obedient to God's call and God will turn your night, dark nights into bright days. So God will take care of you. God will provide. Oh, I wish I had about two or three witnesses in the house that know that God will fight your battles and God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Do I have a witness in here? But before I sit down, I'm reminded of the choice that changed humanity forever. I'm talking about the choice that was made back on Calvary. You see, on Calvary, he died for you and me. On Calvary, we were set free. On Calvary, he chose to lay down his life for you and me. On Calvary, he didn't have to do it, but he did. On Calvary, healing was set free. On Calvary, deliverers were set free. On Calvary, on Calvary, on Calvary, God took care of us once and for all. He made a choice because he didn't have to stay there. And if he made a choice to save all of us <laughs> and we were the ones killing him, <laughs> we were assassinating him, huh? we were cursing him, even the ones close to him cursed him. If he made a choice to die for us, why can't we say yes to his will and yes to it? Oh, 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 conversion from being to a Christian is one thing, but going through the journey is another. And, and that's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Is that it doesn't matter what people think about you. That's why I do what I do. Because I don't care what people think about me. People ask me, how can you be a preacher and you represent somebody charged with murder and the death penalty? I say because Christ took care of you and me. And we were just as dirty as they were. And if you got a mouthpiece, then why can't they have a mouthpiece? There's power in choice. Power in choice. Remember that there's power in choice, but you got to make a decision because no decision is a decision. And I'm amazed that people are always talking about, I'm praying about it. Something is very obvious. I get this all the time with my class parents and relatives. Well, we're praying that the Lord going to set him free. I said, well, you got to make a decision. 
Well, we're praying, we're waiting. I'm like, okay, if a car was coming at you and you're standing in the middle of the street, how long are you going to pray? <laughs> and the obvious answer is, they ain't going to pray at all. They're just going to jump out the way. Is that right? And then they look at me and get starry-eyed when I tell them that. There are some things that God has given humanity that he didn't give animals. And that's the ability to rationalize, to think, and to make decisions. He just wants to be involved in the process. And if he is a part of you, he's already involved in the process because his spirit dwells within you. And his spirit speaks to you in a time of trouble, right? And so why you got to pray to something that's already in you and he's telling you what to do? We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Arena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.